Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Today I have a good friend of mine, Johnny Saldivia. Johnny, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm very well, thanks. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but fortunately we got through those. Um, so wh where are you calling in from today? From San Jose, California. That's right. And now, Johnny, you and I met on a golf course last summer. I wasn't even playing golf. I was observing because I don't know what I'm doing on the golf course. <laughs> um, but we were matched up. Uh, there were four of us matched up, and we had a really – it was a really fun day. It was. It was. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get when they match you up, so – that's right. That was lucky. <laughs> it was fun. But I managed to, you know, eat a hot dog and have a beer to support you guys. So I feel like I did my job. There you go. There you go. So <laughs> you and I were talking then, and we've talked since then, about, um, you know, our pasts. You found out that we have a lot of kids, and I did foster care, and you let me know that you were in a foster home. So go back, because you weren't born in San Jose. Um, and tell me a little bit about how you got to be in foster care. Um, my, my natural mother, my biological mother, she has several kids and she only raised the youngest one. I was not that one. So I was one, I was probably the only one who got put into a foster home through social services in Puerto Rico. So when I was one year old, I got put into a home and I stay in that home for my whole life. Which is amazing. Yeah. So those are people that I consider my family really. Now, did they ever adopt you? No. No, because I, well, my family was very poor and, and there was a very stipend for having a foster child, which was, I think it was like 50 or $55 back then for me. And fifty or fifty-five dollars for my sister, who is not related to me. There's another child from another home, and we both got putting at the same time in the same home. And um, yeah. So your your family, the people that were your foster family that raised you, that you consider your family, took in a little girl from one family and you from one family, and raised you guys together. Yes. Did they have any other children? Other than that, yes. biological. Okay, how many kids were in the house? They had three of their own. And after my sister and I, they also, uh, well, she also, because by then my foster father had passed uh, passed on. Uh, she took two more kids, uh, already teenagers though. Okay, one so of them she had to like relinquish and the other one was i don't know how many years in the house i was in the army at the time and recently i saw a picture of him uh, with my foster sister where i just call my sister right and i know what people don't understand like as a foster parent people always ask me which ones are yours and it doesn't 
all of them are. You don't, yeah. you don't feel different. The, um, the family's kind of an amalgam coming from different places, but it's still your sister. It doesn't matter if it's step or biological or adopted or, but for all intents and purposes. Um, so they took in two more teenage kids, but you had already moved to the army. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, so there were five of you growing up and then two later on. Yes, five of us growing on, growing up together, um, but my foster brothers and sister were much older than us, than my sister and I. Uh, I mean, by the time we got to the home, they were already probably teenagers. They were probably in high school already or... Okay, so you weren't as close with them? Oh, yeah, I was, <clears throat> definitely. Okay. Yeah. So I remember you... when I was in school, uh, I was in elementary school, and I remember my youngest brother was in high school at the time. So he, he graduated in 69. I graduated in 81. Okay. But you remained, all of you remained close. Yes. Actually, two of them passed on. Uh, only one of their natural children is still living, and he's in uh, South Carolina, in North Carolina. Okay. So you're in this big family of kind of kids from everywhere, yours, mine, ours, theirs, someone else's. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you yeah. never felt different. And your foster parents didn't do the adoptions because they would have lost that stipend. Um, I assume that has to do with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's a big deal. And I don't know how Puerto Rico does things differently than the United States. It sounds like it's set up pretty similarly. Um, but It is a territory of the U.S., Right, right, exactly. No, so no. it's not really any different at all then. No, I don't think but so. But in, in the U.S., it's done by state law. Um, well, yeah, I guess the Puerto Rico will have its own right. state so on some of the things. On some things, but for the most part, it should be the same. And I know when I did adoptions, there was, um, you could claim a subsidy when you did the adoption, which meant that you could still maintain some of the, like you could maintain Medicaid or you could maintain some of that money coming in, but not all of it. And there, there were ways to do that, but that's, that's state to state. And I'm sure it did have something to do with it. Um, what about, so you were very close with your whole family, and, but it, it was a very poor area of Puerto Rico. Not necessarily the area, just uh, the home itself, my home. I mean, there were other nice houses in the town. It's a small town, beach town in Puerto Rico. It's beautiful, actually. Um, I mean, I wouldn't know any different, but when I went to visit my friends at their house, you know, I could say, I could, I could tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I can understand <laughs> that. It was the same way for me growing up. It was, you don't know, that you're, you don't know what you're missing yeah, yeah. until you know what you're missing. <laughs> exactly. So now you said that the your parents took very good care of you guys, though. They did. They did. Um, I mean, my mother only had a second grade education, so I'm sure she did things differently. Uh, you know, she was very strict and, you know. And your dad, though, he did he go to college or how did he get his because um, he was an accountant. Yeah, I think he went to. I, I think he went to college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he worked at um, a mini market. How do you say it? 
mercado, un supermercado or... Colmado? Oh, Colmado, yeah, yeah, too. <laughs> Weird. You you do it with an accent and I do it with butchered English, so that's <laughs> <laughs> But you I mean you've told me you were in poor home, but like you said, growing up you don't realize that you're in a poor home. Um yeah. you always had a roof, you always had food. Yep. Um you got toys for Christmas. And tell me what Three Kings Day is. That's another holiday that Latin America actually, not just Puerto Rico, celebrates. And that's uh when the three wise men follow the star to visit Jesus. Okay. That, that's what it is. And so since they took presents to the child, to, to Jesus, well, the camels, uh, the three kings are supposed to go around the world in camels, <laughs> bringing presents for kids as well. I feel like I got gypped now. I... So we... <laughs> <laughs> So we had to leave uh, grass on, on a shoebox for the camels to eat and water for them to drink, and they will leave presents in, in return. Isn't that nice? I'm going to start <laughs> just leaving grass and water out and seeing what happens. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I got totally jibbed out of that. I wasn't raised Catholic, though, either. So, you know. Okay. So you were raised in it. Uh, the, the Catholic religion, was it very strict growing up? Um, well, Catholicism is somewhat uh, strict in some ways, but not really. I mean, there's a confession. You, you just go through the car wash and wash away your sins. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, I mean, I was an altar boy, so it was. I had a good relationship with the with the priests and uh, and everybody there. So it's it's a town where everyone everybody knows everybody. If they don't know you, they know your parents, or you know. So you can't get away with anything. Exactly. You have to car, you'd have to car wash regularly then. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now, and we have to realize also that this was foster care. What year did you say you were born? You were, you graduated in 81. I was born in 63. 63. Okay. So I was born mm -hmm. in 70. So we're in that same generation where um, you could spank your kids and discipline them. And actually... If your parents did, the neighbor's parents would. I mean, we kind of... That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, I know in some of the Catholic schools, even where I grew up on the East Coast, the the nuns were your teachers, and they could they used the rulers on your knuckles, and uh, you didn't want your parents to find out because then you get kicked twice because you get it in school and then you get it at home. So yeah. I'm guessing it was similar where you were growing up. That was pretty common. Yes. You got in trouble, you got disciplined, and it was by whomever was around. Yeah, mainly my mother. She right. was the, the very strict one, yeah. Okay. So what was that like? Because you and your foster sister are only eight months apart, correct? Yes. Okay. It was uh, it was tough, tough at times, you know, because um, we'll get spanked with a, either a leather belt or some kind of uh, tree branch. Oh, uh, <laughs> nice. Something, whatever was at hand, a sandal, of course, a chancla. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was a natural thing back then. It still happens nowadays, but not as often. Yeah, less often. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, you know, I mean, having kids now where you're really not allowed to spank I think there might have been a good balance in between the belt and the nothing, you know, uh, 
it, it was not a bad thing to be afraid of being disciplined and have respect for your parents. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it was taken a little too far sometimes. So mom was strict. Did she work outside of the home? If she worked outside the home? Yeah. She did at one time only. Uh, she was a great cook. I remember that. She cooked very good. And um, she one time found a little gig uh, at, at a one little, it wasn't even a restaurant. It was just a, the place where people from school will hang out at okay. because they had empanadas, you know, they had fast food and, and, and uh, ices and things like that. So she cooked there for a few months, and people will go and eat their food because she she was a really good cook. Okay, but for the most part, she stayed home. Correct. The dad went to work as the accountant at the mini market. Correct. And she was real strict. What was your dad like? He was the opposite. He was very sweet, very nice. Uh, you know, he would just sometimes uh he would just lay in bed uh, looking at the window at the moon and stars and whatever i would lay next to him when i was a kid you know uh it was, it was a very nice man that's good very, yeah and uh i'm not saying she wasn't but you know it's very different yeah she was yeah. more the authority figure in the home oh she was for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me about fridays what happened on fridays Oh, Fridays, that was the ice cream day. So what was yeah. that? See, my father used to bring home uh, food, uh, I think every day or every other day. He used to bring something, you know. And, and to get to my house, you had to climb like 61 steps uh, up the hill. And uh, he would just climb that with a box of stuff inside. And Fridays, that stuff included ice cream. So with my sister, I always look forward to Fridays for that. That's that's a great memory. Now, yeah. you knew, even though you were a year old, you knew you were being raised in a foster home? No, I found out when I was around probably four or five. I was playing on in the living room, and my foster brothers were there. I don't call them foster brothers, by the way. Um, <laughs> but um, I remember a man came to the balcony, you know, that was... The first thing you saw when you came in, and then the living room was right next to right next to it, and I remember my brother saying, oh, "That's Johnny's father," and I was kind of like confused about that because I'm like, "What are you really talking about?" You know, and if you said me, how come this one is my father? And it didn't click that I had a different last name from everybody else. It just didn't register. My sister had her own last name. I had my own last name. This family was Rodriguez. I'm Saldivia. My sister was Rivera. But it never occurred to me that I wasn't part of the family biologically until then. I don't. I mean, why would it? I'm ha Being an adult now and looking back, it wouldn't. I have kids with different last names that are, I mean, even adopted. And there's nobody has the same last name in my house. And um, so you wouldn't have any, that wouldn't be an indication, especially at four or five years old, that you were different. Yeah. You called them mom and dad. You didn't have any memory before them. I'm sorry? You didn't remember anything before this family. Correct. And you called them mom and dad. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was, I thought that was my natural biological uh, family. So your biological father actually came to their house. Yep. 
And was it like your world crumbled down around you? I mean, how was no, that? No, nothing like that. No, no. I I just took it fine. I guess I I was confused, but right. it, you know, it was I was it was being clarified to me in my mind uh, as as we spoke. This person was my father, and um, and then when I was like in tenth grade, I was what tenth uh, grade. Okay. Well, let's see. No, I'm sorry. I'm fifth grade. I was ten years old. Then my biological mother wanted to see me as well. That was many years after, of course. That was like twenty five. So, I mean, by this time you knew you had. Was it ever explained to you, or? No, no, it was never explained. And you never really asked. No. You just saw this guy that said he was your father, and that was pretty much it. I can't remember much since then. I remember. I think he brought me a like a little cart where you sat in it, and he had like a fake horse in the front, and you pedal it, and it go around. It had like wheels. It was like a like a little wagon or something. Okay. And he took pictures. I remember that. He took a couple pictures, and uh, then I remember he came from New York, and then he went back to New York. And shortly after that, he got killed. Okay. Now, and he was only thirty-three years old at the time. When he when he died, yes. So he was twenty-eight-ish when uh, you were born. Um. So how did he get killed? Got a shot on the forehead. That will kind of do it so do you <laughs> he was into he was into drug dealings okay so okay. when did you put the story together and learn did you learn that he had passed away and then later figured it out or how did all of that how did you put the puzzle together uh, I remember uh, so I guess someone told me that my father had died and I mean, I didn't really feel anything because I only saw him once before that. And right. to me, my father really was my foster father. Right. So I mean, I, I was not, I wasn't happy about it, but I cannot say that I cried or anything like that. I remember the bells of the church ringing when, you know, there's a funeral procession. Okay. The bells go on and I remember those bells. Uh, and that was my father's funeral. But I didn't go to it. Well, and you, you're right. You met him one time. You have almost no memories of him. But how, when did you learn what really happened to him? Uh, I cannot pinpoint it, but uh, a, a lot of people, I mean, they see like he has a sister in Puerto Rico that my, my auntie, she's very sweet. And she has told me some of the things that I know. Um, my, my, my father had other kids. He was married, actually, and he had two sons from this one woman. Uh, both of them have passed on already, but one of them, the one who lasted the longest, died about probably five years ago. Um, he told me a lot about the, our father and stuff as well. Okay, and they were older than you are? Oh, yes. So when your mother got pregnant with you, your father had been married to someone else? He was married at the time, yeah. Okay. He was married to somebody else at the time. So, you don't, your family tree doesn't even fork or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know how to write it out. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So, you learned a lot about your biological family as the years went on. 
Mm -hmm. And then how, how many children did your mother have? Okay, she had three that got raised by their paternal grandfather. Their last name was Orta. I remember those three. Two out of those three uh, passed on already. Uh, then she had my sister, uh, which uh, still lives in Puerto Rico, very sweet person. And uh, it's, it's, we, I see her as if we grew up together, even though we didn't. That's how nice she is. She's uh, the sweetest thing. And then her youngest kid, which is the only one that she raised, and he lives in Florida, but I haven't heard from him in years. Nobody has heard from him in years. And who else? Let's see. That's it. Okay. So between your between being raised by this foster family and the biological family, it's pretty huge. Yes. And you've gotten to know all of them. Uh, yes. I, well, at least I, at least one time I've seen all of them. And I, I, I heard someone told me that when my father got killed, there was another woman pregnant from him. But I had no idea about that child, if it was a boy or a girl or where he's at or nothing. Okay. So, <laughs> your dad liked drugs and women. We know that. Busy, busy man, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... It sounds to me kind of like you'd find things out incrementally over time and you just kind of took it in stride. You just went, yeah. it wasn't. I've been always been that way. I, I, you know, I think that has helped me. I guess that's uh, some, I have friends that are very pessimistic and they look at me and say that I'm overly optimistic. Which is, I think, is a good thing, and, and I think just looking at things that way, I think, is better for your health. And well, uh, I don't like to worry about stuff. I agree. Just you, there's a lot of information that you found out growing up that could have been hurtful, even if you weren't pessimistic. Still, um, and I remember talking to you. It didn't seem like you had any abandonment issues by your biological parents, or no. I mean, you're pretty. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that she didn't have an abortion, so I'm here. Right. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then now, but a lot of people have passed away. So you're, you're telling me siblings, most of the siblings that are biological, quite a few of them have passed on. Um, some of your, the, the kids in the foster home have passed on. Who's left now? <laughs> The only one left is the sister of mine that was raised with me in, in the home since we were one. Zulma? Uh, she's, she's still in Sulma. Yeah, she's still in Puerto Rico. Um, I love her to death. Uh, then my, my foster brother, I'm to call him somehow, Eddie, he lives in North Carolina. He's planning to move to Puerto Rico also soon. Uh, and I plan to do the same thing next year anyway. So uh, him. And then from my biological father, I don't have anybody on, on, except that one child that I never met and don't know the gender. And then from my mother's side, I only have my sister and one, one sister and two brothers. Okay. Now you're technically your foster parents, mm -hmm. your foster father only, these people died pretty young. My foster parents, uh, yeah, he was only 50 when he died. He was only 50. You have siblings that have passed on and they were pretty young. Yeah. 
Yes, and then my foster my foster mother, she was in her seventies, I think, when she passed on. Okay, so how did your father pass away? My uh, my uh, foster father? Yes, yes. Sorry. He had a he had a, a, a heart attack. At fifty. Yeah. And what about your foster mom? She she died of uh, well, she had diabetes and high blood pressure, and she did take care of herself though, because her daughter passed uh, on in her forties. She was also diabetic, and I think she had a heart attack also in her 40s, and she passed on. And she, I don't know, she, it could have been many things. Yeah. But uh, she was healthy for the most part. I mean, she did live the longest out of all. Yeah, yeah, she won. <laughs> what about your biological mom? She's, all, she's still living. Oh, okay. So do you have a relationship with her still? I do visit her when I go to Puerto Rico. Um, I mean, I don't visit her uh, per se. Well, I have, but uh, normally I, we just meet at my uh, my half sister's, her daughter's house. We usually meet the whole family on that side there. Well, of all these different kids, in different coming from different biological or the the foster parents' biological kids, or how how did they all process? the situation the same as you or you're very laid back and you kind of just went with it or did any of them have issues from the situation well my sister that got raised with me i think for the most part she she is okay with everything she she does know her her mother her biological mother and she's got a, a relationship with uh, her brother and, and from that side and she has sisters from that side, and they all connected, which is a good thing. Um, I think my sister, she always felt like she had the the worst uh, uh, end of the stick, I guess. <laughs> uh, she felt like she got spanked more than I did, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about Zolma, who was in the Zulma, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> well, you, you guys did get spanked a lot. <laughs> from. We did, we did. Yeah. Um, okay, so now you were raised Catholic and you were an altar boy, you said, and you were going to become a priest, which is vastly different from not being a priest. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was, what was that process for you? Uh, I don't think it lasted that long. I think it was more like influential from uh, this other guy, a friend of mine that was also an altar boy. He wanted to become a priest, which actually he didn't either. He became a brain, brain surgeon instead, and he also passed away from a brain tumor, out of all things. Uh, <laughs> extremely intelligent guy, very nice. Uh, so we were very good friends and uh, uh, altar boys at the same time. And... Uh, we went to some of those like seminars for future priests together and things like that. But uh, I mean, it's, it's 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 not for everyone. No. Uh, looking back at time, I don't think it was for me at all. I don't think I would have lasted anyways. <laughs> me either. Not. <laughs> I don't know you really well, but I think I think you're a little spunkier than you needed to be. <laughs> Now, that's, a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Did you like that? That was very politically correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's one thing that you said was always part of you, 
and your foster brothers and um, that was music. So how do you feel like, in what way did that play a role? Was that something that you think helped you get through hard stuff or helped you heal or tell me a little bit about that. Music is always a good thing. Um, I, uh, I still to this day, I, I, I have a trio, I sing with a salsa band, I play solo in many events, I, I get extra money. I, my golf money comes from music, really, I guess. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a positive thing altogether. Right, okay. Oh. Um, that's what I kind of got the feeling. Everybody has different ways that they process. I know you're just a, you're a pretty laid back personality and you kind of just go with the flow. And because yeah. you went, you went through a lot growing up, and you just kind of shrug it off like it's no big deal. But yeah. um, I know a lot of times for people, there are other things that help. There's either other people that help them through, or things like music that help them through. Mm -hmm. um, now tell me about well, the church. The church involvement yeah. probably that I helped a lot. Uh, you know, and I, I had I had a bunch of good friends uh, growing up, and they still we still took in in contact. You know, we we do communicate via Facebook or by calling. And when I go to Puerto Rico, we get together. Still, there's a nice group of like around 25 to 30 people that still live in the area where we grew up, and and we still get together. They still do every so often. That's great. It's awesome. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big group considering we didn't yeah. have internet this whole, for a long time. Yeah. A lot All of right. Now tell me about your profession. Well, I work for social services, which of course I was involved with since I was born, I guess. And uh, too bad I won't get uh, credit for all those years of my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, sure. I think you do get credit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I um, started as an eligibility worker when I was, uh, got out of the Army. Let's see. I started in 1991 working for social services. And I was a worker for nine years, a supervisor for 12 years. I've been a trainer now for five years. So I've been here 25 and a half years. Um, Oh, will be 26 in October, and next year I'm retiring and going back home. Yay! Yes. So yeah. I'm going to back up though. And you joined the army. And what did you do for the army? And how? I was a dental, dental assistant. I was in the army for nine years. I was a dental assistant. Um, I mean, I could have been many things if I wanted to be, but that's what I picked. I picked going to Germany. I wanted to see something different. And uh, it was, it was a good experience. I was single, I was young, I was, I had a great time. Wow, see, I didn't know that at all. I wouldn't have seen dental assisting at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what yeah. made you switch to social work? Well, there's not really a future on dental assisting. Uh, the things that I did in the army, everything requires a license here in California, like taking x-rays and, doing cleanings and for air for everything you need a license and i don't have time for that the only thing that i was going to get uh the only uh benefit i was going to get was just dental you know i wouldn't get medical i wouldn't get any retirement nothing so i said no i gotta do something better than this so i applied for all these for the jobs i play for a bus driver with you know the city or whatever i, I applied for social services and i applied for i think it was at&t or verizon i think it was at&t 
or Pacific Bell Auto, one of those. I, I did pass the test. Uh, I never heard from the bus company. I don't, I don't know why, but I, but then I, I got the opportunity to take the test for the eligibility work position, and that's that's here I am still. It's still, almost twenty six years later. Do you? Yeah. You did you ever feel drawn to it because of how you were raised? Um, not really. I think uh, I had a friend that that um, he he recommended for me to 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 go into that field and take a test. And uh, yeah, that's how it happened. Okay, because I know I got into social work because of my background and I thought, yeah. well, if somebody made a difference to me, I want to make a difference to someone else and it just kind yeah. of spirals out of control. For you, it was more an opportunity. It was a coincidence, yeah, I, uh, and, uh, yeah, an opportunity. For someone told me, you know why you should apply for a county job? You know, because I, at the time I was unemployed when I got out of the army and uh, this guy told me, you should apply here for this. And I'm glad I listened. Okay. Do you feel like your past experience growing up has helped you in this position? In a way, yes, because uh, I always look at the, the positive on people and try to help them. I don't like to be judgmental, you know, so... Uh, yeah, I think that has to do with it some, to some degree. Okay. And what advice would you give people who are struggling? If someone heard this that was in foster care, or someone heard this that wants to do foster care, what what would you tell them? To to bring a child to the house? I, I have Actually, I have recommended that to a lot of people. Uh, some people complain that they say that they don't have any, that they don't have any kids, that they can't have any kids. They say, why don't you adopt one? or take a foster child in. I mean, there's all kinds of kids out there that need a home, you know? And I know I was one at one time, so. Right. And, and there's some good examples out there of, of, of foster kids. Look at this girl who just won all these gold medals. You know, she was also a foster child. Uh, and yeah. I remember showing, a there was a couple of videos. Um, there's always, I mean, I think people focus on the horror stories you know, how awful that, and there's a lot uh -oh. of really wonderful success stories as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there's been some horrible horror stories also about natural kids, about biological children who killed their, who killed their parents and, uh, and their grandparents and, and yeah. Yeah. So that's very true. So you yeah. tell people the same thing that I do to do it. Do you wonder what your life would have been like had you not gone to foster care or I I I I have thought about that many times and I think that it would have been very different in the negative way because when I consider when you you know realize that the, my my natural biological brothers that passed on one of them passed on of a drug overdose the other one died because of al al alcoholism uh, the one that is alive used to break into houses to steal and so it's being in jail and uh, you know what I mean so it's like I'm probably it's probably a blessing that I wasn't raised in the home <laughs> yeah yeah I would I would agree with that and that's yeah. not uncommon so getting spanked yeah. wasn't too bad compared to no, exactly exactly it's always something <laughs> worse yeah 
<laughs> so is there anything else that you would pass on and share to people? Be laid back and optimistic, you told us. Hmm. Is there anything that you would add to get through tough stuff? No, I always just take one day at one, one step at a time, one day at a time. I I try to enjoy life as much as possible because you never know when it's the last day. And uh, I've seen a lot of people die very young here at work, inclusive. And I tell people you should retire. You know, you you losing money. I, you know, tell people you do something for yourself. You know, work brings stress, and stress is not good for you. So something that you enjoy yeah now, so you retire this coming october uh actually I, i'm i'm gonna stop working in march because i always have a couple months of vacation accumulated my retirement day will be may 23rd which is three months before my birthday because i get the same thing i would you know on my birthday so that's the plan and to move to puerto rico i think will be something like august or september of next year i think uh should be making that move okay and are you moving back to the same town that you were raised in if not the same town uh, around it it's a very beautiful place i've heard see now i have somebody to go visit there and another yes place. i was just gonna say that yeah. and you know what there's, there's a lot of americans living there yeah that's what, that's what i've heard and you should in my town more than yeah more, more than many, most of the towns in puerto rico rincon that area, Aguadilla, there's a lot of Americans living there because of the surfing and the waves and, you know, it's laid back, it's an island, it's, it's beautiful, it's nice. You're starting to convince me. Yes, I hope, <laughs> I hope you do visit us. <laughs> me too. And I appreciate you sharing, you have a very unique story about growing up in foster care and I like how positive it is and how positive you made it because of your attitude and uh i think and also expressing your love of music and taking care of yourself so very valuable johnny i really appreciate you taking time with me today well thank you it's been a pleasure <laughs> thank you so much for listening in to jen taylor rerouting like share and of course comment i welcome input with attitude Get a copy of my book on Amazon, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.